When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast that accidentally teabagged your great grandfather, but it's okay. He didn't mind because he was already dead. Oh God! Oh God! Great. Welcome back, Kyle. I'm Mike Johnson. <laughs> I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Today, you all have asked us to talk about Diana Ross. Diana Ross, mm-hmm. who is the Diana Ross of Diana Rosses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the boss herself, <laughs> Diana Ross. Um, Ross the boss. Uh, but first... But first, I I just oh. wanted to say I, I have been out for a month-ish, um, and I uh, appreciate everyone... Uh, leaving you the hell alone <laughs> most yeah 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 but and for uh kind of being patient like the two of you have had so much that you've taken up for me to let me have uh that time off and i really appreciate that and i hope everyone understands how much extra work that is for a third of the people to be gone from a thing and still make a podcast happen yeah. every week so thank you to mike and dan and for everyone understanding that um that's what I needed to do. I don't want to like talk too much about details of shit other than like shit's been hard and uh, I'm figuring it out um, and I'm going to do my best to be back in here in the way that I can. Um, yeah. And uh, surely there's things we missed, whether that's, you know, messages or um, if you haven't gotten a Patreon thing that you are owed, please give uh, give us a lot of slack right now. Um, and let us know if there's something you needed that uh, we have not we have not done, and just ping us or bump us now, and and uh, I'll be I'll be hopefully a little bit more active now. Yeah, you may you you may now tag me in things. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the I appreciate everyone being very cognizant of me and my like kind of what amount of effort and and like emotional investment i can make but yes you you're totally fine to like tag me in things and just a, a minor correction for mike saying i don't like talking to you all <laughs> 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 just to clarify it's dms where someone expects something back from me or is very sexual like those are the very uncomfortable things so yeah. you're you can like shoot me a message especially if you know i may not respond you can tag me and shit and posts and i like that because then when i'm feeling up for it i get to like read people saying cool things about me but yeah yeah, yeah. and glad you're back i'll shut up now yeah <laughs> this is gonna be 75 percent, kyle <laughs> here's what you've missed hey everyone uh no i i cannot reiterate how much i appreciate the two of you and and the work you've done and and keeping the podcast going and the guest hosts we've had um so yeah thanks. yeah absolutely uh okay okay yeah Dunskis. okay great um yes yes dan i have an important update for our listeners which is in episode 148, we had Brock McGillis on to talk about jocks. Oh, yeah, he's hot. And in my Patreon segment, I talked about the disappearance of bike brand athletic supporters, the people who invented jock straps and then stopped producing them. Mm-hmm. Great news, everybody. Whoa. They're back. They are? Bikeathletic.com. You can now buy jock straps. Uh, again, uh, they seem to clearly be targeting 
those people who buy the most jock straps. <laughs> gay men. The gays. Yeah. Gay baseball players. Yeah, they popped up in my Instagram uh, feed ads and uh, yeah. They're back. They're back. That's fantastic. Well, buy a jock strap and send it to Brock McGillis. Uh, send it to me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Um, I, and another piece of, of feedback that we got that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, at the live show in Yakima, we talked about uh, first dates and why talking about your career will totally tube your chances. And. And we both at the time disagreed with that and thought that was weird. Yes, exactly. So we got a email from uh, John in Washington, D.C. And he says this. Hey, Mike and Kyle, as a D.C. native who has lived here all my life, I can explain why the Washington Post said talking about your career on a first date is something to avoid. People come to D.C. mainly to meet a career objective through political connections. It is all about networking to see how someone could be of use in your career. And unfortunately, this spills over into social settings. It's not pretty, but no matter how anyone looks at the business of D.C., it all boils down to politics and furthering yourself up a ladder. I and many of my native friends think if you stay here over 12 years, you are settling down roots and see something more than your career. Those people are interesting. But for most others, when an administration changes or a congressperson is defeated, people and their staff go from big shots to nobody overnight. And many staffers tend to go back home when they see better opportunities in other cities. Talking about your career on a first date in D.C. sometimes resembles an interview more than a social experience in a search for friendship or love. Often it devolves into one-upping the other person to show how important they are, often in their own mind. This is boring and is a big turnoff. <laughs> Uh, and there's, there's, there's more to the email, but, uh, it says, you know, all the best, John, um, be safe, be well, wear a mask in public, wear a fucking mask in public, you dick bags. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's an interesting point Yeah, about I, that city in particular. I would imagine similar for, to LA, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I just imagine it's so much of like, I, oh, you're a producer. Hello. I'm yeah. beautiful. <laughs> it's like, good for you. I haven't met anyone pretty here yet. So that's good. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That would exhaust me. Talking about yourself? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, first dates are says, <laughs> says the guy on a podcast. No, just like, just constantly trying to work hard to impress people. I barely impress myself, much less like going on a date and like working that hard to try to sound awesome. And ugh, that just sounds horrible. That's why I love Seattle. It's like people just look like what they look like and it's like if you did all that career jocking stuff like that that just uh, you, that just wouldn't fly i don't know people don't do yeah. that here yep yeah yeah i mean they do but they're more subtle about it or yeah, something I don't yeah. Know. yeah 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 all you say is i worked at microsoft in the 80s and you're like oh you're rich great you know like we get it we get it <laughs> um yeah that's feedback and corrections please we do love feedback all the time as long as it's like i don't know actionable something, something. useful yeah, yeah. <laughs> And now the news? No. Yes. <laughs> Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News. 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 Uh, news the first. Yeah. So, as you may or may not have heard this week, just yesterday, uh, Pete Buttigieg and his husband, Jason, are now parents. Yeah. Uh, they tweeted... Uh, he uh, Pete tweeted. Jason and I. He peated. He peated. <laughs> Jason and I are beyond thankful for all the kind wishes since first sharing the news that we're becoming parents. We are delighted to welcome Penelope Rose and Joseph August Buttigieg to our family. Did he name him after Biden? Oh, 
Maybe. That's weird to show up to your boss and be like, hey, Joe, meet little Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Un- not, not, you're not, that wasn't, we already knew this was long. Yeah. I mean, he didn't name him Joe Jr. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so, so yeah, of course, predictably one of the top replies on Twitter, at least today, is from Lila Rose at Lila Grace Rose. Where are the mothers? Question mark. My heart goes out to these infants. You can lose a mom or dad through death, abandonment or abuse, or by design being intentionally brought into the world via in vitro and surrogacy to be a child for a same-sex couple. It is wrong for us adults to pretend that loss of a loving mom or dad won't affect the child. So, uh, everyone, um, you should send your dicks to her, I think. (laughs) That's... that's... (laughs) You should send, I think, your labias to her, right? Well, okay. She's wondering where the mothers are. S- send pictures of dead dogs to her. I don't care. I just oh like, no! Oh, God. <laughs> what a fucking cunt! Yeah, just shut your goddamn whore mouth, you turf. Yeah. Ooh, I don't think that applies here, but it probably, But probably too. I, I have just, to assume turf just feels so good to say. <laughs> um, and check out if these ovaries could talk to listen to the makings of an LGBT family and how wonder. Oh, uh, that bitch isn't going to listen. But you know, the, there are. Yeah, I, it's so interesting. She explicitly mentions it too, but also is demonizing like, oh, your wife died. You're worse now. Like, uh, right. What the f- what? Like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know. There's by demonizing LGBT people, you inadvertently demonize many other people. Um, and, and yeah. Is it misogynistic of me to think that a lot of it is just women feeling like their identity as a mother is threatened and therefore they have to shut it down because it's actually about them? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, I, I, yeah, I, to me, to me, it's far more connected to the belief for some reason that there has to be a man and a woman in a relationship to raise a child and and traditional marriage like uh, to me it all stems from from that and you have to like do it once in the vagina and like you know and never touch it again never touch it again <laughs> c-sections are bad i presume i yeah. can't i don't know god never intended you to c-section anything yeah i don't know yeah 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 well okay back to the back to the happiness the picture is adorable. Yeah. They are adorable. I heart them. They have two babies, which that seems like a lot, but they, maybe they have a team. They're, <laughs> they're twins, out. right? They, yeah. 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 That's cute. Yeah. That's I wonder if they cute. planned twins for the photo. Oh. Twins make for a far better photo than individuals. This is all just, they're just work, working on running for president in 2032 or something. Yeah. Talk about your DC crowd that's just focused on your career. We got some career twins. <laughs> we need them. Oh, man. Okay. News the second. So, it turns out that Edinburgh, Scotland, the capital city, has a population of around a half million people, but no... And is it part of the UK, Mike? Yes, Kyle. Scotland is in the UK. No, you're the one that is uh, always fucking up with the Irish and the UK. I'm trying to help you redeem your your, uh, cred. I hate the Irish. Okay. Remember. All right. I didn't mean to... (laughs) I mean... I backed myself into a corner there. I can't stop fucking up Irish people when I do the news. <laughs> but that's Ireland. That's not Scotland. You're being racist against white people. <laughs> One, that's not a thing. Two, I'm helping you reestablish your UK cred, Mike. Oh, Fine. Great. Do what you want. Great. Do whatever you want. I don't care, Mike. Great. Edinburgh, Scotland currently has no bars for lesbians or queer women. And a trans student named Emily Frude 
has been, quote, flooded with an outpouring of love and support after announcing that she's quitting university to open Edinburgh's first lesbian bar. Oh. Yeah. How does... That's crazy, given how um, big of a city that is. I would just always assume there'd be at least one lesbian bar. I mean, Seattle's massive, and we only have one, I think. The Wild Rose, right? Uh, Emily Frude, 23, wants to change that. There is no lesbian bar there. Uh, they tweeted on 17th of August that, quote, after a lot of thinking, uh, I've officially withdrawn from my master's at Queen Margaret University. I finally decided that I am actually going to found Edinburgh's first lesbian bar. QMU helped me grow so much with my undergrad, but I know what I want to do now. Wish me luck. Uh, and then uh, they said later, quote, the amount of support and love and care that I've had from people, obviously not much in person, but online has been incredible. The whole point of this bar is to curate a larger, more cohesive sense of community. And if that doesn't happen by having a bunch of queer people and lesbians build this place together, then what am I doing? <laughs> Does it say the name? Uh, the bar is still in the early planning stages. Uh, let's see. I don't see a name yet, though. No, there, there, is, no, there is no name there. Um, but uh, it, it, is, it is interesting that this this is meant to be a a lesbian space lesbian and non-binary space uh uh they said quote basically if you're a cis man don't show up <laughs> uh, i want straight people and cis men to feel like they shouldn't be there straight people have gotten very comfortable going into gay places mm. and uh uh they're they're right about that um this is a little confusing they they identify as a quote non-binary trans lesbian and the article, at least on Pink News, uh, isn't consistent about their pronouns, uh, using she sometimes and they sometimes, but I don't see a quote saying that both sets are okay. So I'm going to stick with they. But if I fuck it up, it's because I'm reading. Um, but uh, yeah, quote, we don't really remember or know a lot of that history because a lot of different cultural events that have made it difficult to keep that history going and keep it taught. But I know that lesbians are not just women, not just butches and femmes, you know. It's much more dynamic and complex because it's personal. Um, yes, Dan? The lack of lesbian bars is kind of a, a pandemic. Yeah. Um, they keep closing. There are literally 21 lesbian bars left in the U.S. Mm. Um, the Lesbian Bar Project is working to try to change that. That's yeah. awesome. And I think that saying basically, hey, cis, cis, cis people don't don't show up here, I uh, could take that either like I could get offended and pissed off and feel discriminated against. And also they're right. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like, uh, it's the same thing as like fucking bachelorette parties at gay bars. Like, that's not that's not your space. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, uh, just establish making a clear like here's what the the purpose of this space and making it very clear and upfront and informing people is like I, under, I absolutely understand the need for women and non-binary people to have a space that is free of cis men. Like, there's so little of that in the world that setting up your own like. Yeah, it's like we, we have so much other space if like to get offended at one part, like one piece of it, like we have so many places that we can be and feel comfortable. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, best of luck, Edinburgh. Yeah. I I would say I hope to go there someday, but I hope to not go there someday. Oh, I want to go there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're not welcome there. Anyway. No. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, not. I mean, to the city. I, I'll, oh, the walk, city. I'll walk around outside. No, that's creepy. Never yeah. mind. I'll just go to somewhere else. <laughs> Denver is pretty great, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Emily's pronouns are she, they. Oh, she and they. Okay. 
You did it right. Um, Hooray. News the last? Yeah. News the last. This is my favorite news story for a while now. So uh, August the 31st, Ford Motor Company of Germany recently (laughs) unveiled its new blue Ford Ranger Raptor. And it got plenty of praise, but there was one piece of feedback the company said, quote, stopped us in our tracks. A commenter on social media wasn't a fan of the blue color saying, quote, well, that's a cool car, but that blue color is very gay. Hey, Ford, paint it in black, black and gold or camo. So gold. Wait, (laughs) we want black and gold. We want black and beautiful, shiny gold. (laughs) This is interesting. Yeah. Well, so so. On Twitter, Ford Europe released a video revealing its new and improved, quote, very gay raptor <laughs> decked out in rainbows and gold glitter. Yes, I saw that and didn't understand why there was a gay Ford, but not, this explains it. Yes. Uh, so in the video, the truck gets a digital remake with a gold glitter paint job and rainbow decal. And the whole thing ends with the statement, happy pride. Um, And then that was just a digital makeover that they did at first, but the company has taken it a step further and gave the truck a real-life makeover. There was a 60-hour process that made an actual Raptor in those actual colors. And uh, Still less time than it takes a drag queen to get ready in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. Um, I just just fucking love that. Like, what... That's that's incredible. It 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 there there seems to be. I think Lil Nas X is m- making huge waves in so many ways. One of which is every time people are like, "Stop being so gay or shoving gay down my throat." He's just gayer, and it's yeah. like, <laughs> keep pushing those buttons, and it's going to go the opposite way. Like, and, let, me, let me show you what shoving it down your throat actually looks like, yes. so that maybe you can stop throwing that phrase around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Um, that's the news. That's the news. Um, well, speaking of news, I have news about new people that signed up for Patreon a month ago. Um, we, <laughs> we're still catching up uh, on folks that have signed up. Thank you for your patience. So I would like to thank uh, Cornelius McMorrow, the um, the next head of hogwarts I dr cornelius mcmorrow the third i think probs yeah. probs uh daniel uh shuri wasto <laughs> what you know you heard me <laughs> jason dixon that's a porn star uh you um roman matthew tomlinson we have so much like royalty in this yeah i guess so i'm sorry i meant roman matthew tomlinson <laughs> um beau regard Oh, Bo. Wait, last name Regard? Yes, first name Bo, last name Regard. Excellent, excellent. Well done. Bo's a hot name. Yeah, it is. Um, and but it has to be B-O. I no. Think if it's B-E-A-U, something about that doesn't work for me. The French part? <laughs> <laughs> and Derek Tellen. Great. I think I got that one. Um, thank you. It's probably like Derek Tellin or, you know, whatever, like weird way people. Um, thank you so much for joining. Uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash gayish podcast. If you want um, bonus shit. Again, if you uh, if you have not received something, you are meant to <laughs> like my hookups recently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just text, just message us and let us know and we'll make sure to, uh, we're, we're trying to make sure we're getting back on our shit as I'm back. Except for signed t-shirts. We're going to get t-shirts. W- signed t-shirts are going to go out on Tuesday and I think that that's the rest of them. Okay. So we so. got a big batch of that. So yeah. give us a, a couple weeks for that. But otherwise, let us know if you're missing something. Um, and if you haven't signed up, 
we uh we have a lot of free content it's not free because you're literally paying for it <laughs> but once you pay for it then it becomes free um and you get to hear more from dan and yeah. it's awesome and you get to support us a podcast you ready to talk about Diana Ross? Let's talk about Diana Ross. So speaking of Patreon, our Gap Bridgers, which is our highest tier of support, every month we put out a poll and you and fucking Dan and I each choose a topic and then that is voted on. And whoever wins, that's the topic we're doing. And fuck all you fucking assholes. Fuck off. I hate you. I hope you all die. Wow. I was I was zero for a million and I liked it that way. Unfortunately, this time this was yours. I have prevailed. I was Diana Ross, and I now have broken my streak of of loss. Zero, and yeah. I I blame all you motherfuckers. Well, I'm annoyed because I was very excited to talk Rihanna. When I came up with that, I was like, great, winning number one. Uh, uh, she she's incredible. I yes. Anyway, but that's fine. I won't talk about how great she is and how many number one hits she has and how she's the first like billionaire. Whatever. Great. Great. I won't, I won't mention it. I mean, she's not going to die between now and the time that we have. Well, now like, she is. Mike, you just <laughs> screwed us out of Rihanna futures. <laughs> well, um, so uh, another reason that I, I, I push pretty hard for us to do Divas is because on Have a Nice Gay, which has had some production issues <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, and I'm sorry about that, but uh, we're having a Diva bracket challenge. And so we chose Divas that are part of that challenge where everybody gets to vote head to head on two different divas and just like you know uh, march madness or whatever will eventually declare a winner um so if you're interested in participating in that uh, we're going to start voting on or we have started boy god the time cave time is weird does the time cave even work i don't know does the time cave work no fuck you time cave all right anyway we started voting on social media a couple of days ago. If you go to uh, facebook.com slash have a nice gay pod uh, or have a nice gay pod on, on Twitter, Instagram. No, the discord channel, the have a nice gay podcast. I don't know what the name of the actual channel is. Fuck my ass. There's a, there's a have a nice gay channel called, on our discord. Nice so go to, go to there and, uh, and you can vote on, on the divas and we'll start uh, saying who won and whatnot. Anyway, that's why I wanted to push for Divas this time because of that whole competition. Um, I'll be back on episodes of How Nice Gay too. So yeah. Um, so yes. Diana Ross. Okay. Diana Ross. The history of Diana Ross. That was actually pretty easy to do. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Diana Ross was born in Detroit, Michigan, uh, on March the twenty sixth, nineteen forty four. Um, okay, wait. So before before we go too much into this, what what is your relationship with Diana Ross before this episode? Do you did you listen to her? Do you know about her? Do you care about her? Um, so I know her from the Supremes. Um, my uh, my my aunt, especially mom's sister, Gail, uh, was super into Motown. And when I was a kid, we used to have what she was she would call them oldie moldy parties, and we would just listen to. <laughs> I hate that. We would, we would we would listen to the 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 whole catalog of of Motown, yeah, and uh, uh, so that that's that's how I knew her. But I never really followed her career, nor did I really understand why she was a gay icon. Mm. So I, that's one thing I'm super excited about this episode and, and sort of learning more about that that whole thing. But I don't I know. We'll talk explicitly about that. Ooh, gonna say fuck a lot. 
Wait, why? It's explicit? It's, <gasps> yes. It's a yes. Warning? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that, I, that's the least of our explicitness. <laughs> right. I'm going to talk about felching her. Um, <laughs> How about you? How about you? <laughs> um, no, I, I did not know too much about her. Also did not understand her um, gay icon status. Um, and yeah, to, so was very much like know the name kind of end of list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, learned a lot by... Uh, by researching this yeah yeah for sure for sure um and i don't do you like her music do you, do you like the stuff that you, have you listened to much of it i i listened while i was uh researching and i was surprised at given how much i did not know about her or her career or anything the i know so much of her music oh, i know yeah. so much of these songs and that just speaks to how per- pervasive they are in just not even the gay world just life I, I there were so many that i was like oh i know this oh i didn't know that was oh like or yeah so um i like it her songs decently i don't love it this is not what i would listen to while i'm you know like at home doing nothing so yeah, sure. uh, but yeah sure sure, sure, sure. And yes, I, I totally agree with you that I was surprised at how much of her catalog I was actually familiar with and um, just by osmosis or whatever, yeah. like enough of it had gone in there that I was like, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, I like this one. Totally. Uh, so OK, we're she, back in Detroit. Great. She was born in Detroit on March the 26th, 1944, which means that she is 77 years old. Which is a little older than you. Which is just barely older than me. Um, she was the second eldest child uh, of, a, of a family of seven kids, and they lived in the projects, Brewster Douglas Housing Projects, which um, is, that's just like a kind of problematic way of saying that they grew up poor, mm. I guess. Yeah, um, but uh, she, she got her start in show business uh, as a, a member of the Primettes, which ultimately became the Supremes. Uh, she joined the Primettes at 15 years old. Which there was this thing that was going on where there was already a male vocal group called the Primes and they were doing oh. pretty well. So they're like, well, let's do the female version of this boy band and then just call them the whatever ets, right? We should have named our podcast This Gay American Life. <laughs> <laughs> this Gay American Life ets. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, there was a, a a talent competition to fill out the rest of the group, which uh, ultimately was a quartet. Later, they changed their name to the Supremes. And what was really interesting uh, to me about that whole thing was the studio gave them a list of names that they could choose for themselves. They they didn't like the primates. They thought that that was like not going to play well. So they gave them this list of names to choose from. And they chose... A, the, the legends grow so who knows how much of this is actually fucking true but they they chose the supremes because it was the only name on the list that did not end with ets <laughs> <laughs> oh god can you imagine like oh the only thing i can be is a lady group for ladies you know like that must fucking suck yeah yep yep um and uh so the the supremes did did really really well so i want to talk to you about the gayest song that diana ross ever sang on Okay. It is not I'm Coming Out. We'll talk about I'm Coming Out I later. I don't believe you. Okay, so the Supremes song... Oh, wait. Son of a bitch. Okay, okay. But I maintain that the gayest song that she ever sang on was the Supremes' number one hit. First number one hit. Here we go. Oh 
Okay, so that is Where Did Our Love Go? Mm-hmm. And I am now certain that the narrative of that song is... The, uh, the 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 singer is a bottom that just got mega dicked down and is is bleeding out. Um, so so here's why. Here are the lyrics. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I hit my head because I was laughing. Great, uh, baby, 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 don't leave me. Oh, please don't leave me all by myself. You can just picture the that bottom emoji with the eyes <laughs> as all this is happening. Yeah, I've got this burning, burning, yearning feeling inside me. Oh deep inside me and it hurts so bad you came into my heart <laughs> that's so do you like fisted all the way to my heart there's or a, something there's a medical emergency going on a mega dicked top yeah. just like totally railed the, the 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 shit out of this person who's now like i mean good for you <laughs> Clear out your ventricles of the, all the sperm and stuff. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So that was that was actually so th- that song. Where did our love go? Was their first number one hit. And that sounds uh, like that song. F- that other song that's also super gay. What's it called? Uh, I don't know. There's lots of gay songs. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know. Do I? Uh, Sometimes I feel Oh, like well they they you. sampled that song. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. in that song. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, that's you're absolutely right because it's literally that song. Yeah, that's what I meant. Great, great. That's that would be saying. Tainted Love by Tainted. Soft Cell. Soft Thank Cell. You. Sometimes I feel I've got to run away. Um, yeah, so so uh Let's see where was I going with this? That 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 was their their first number one hit, and I I think that uh, like a lot of Motown at that time, a lot of the songs sound the same. It's that that quarter note sort of tempo, and it, a lot of them even start with clapping, right? <laughs> like, and, and so so did that one. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so that was their first one. But uh, between August of 1964 and May of 1967, they sang on ten number one hits. Three years, 64 to 7? Shit. Yeah. All of which also made the UK top 40. And uh, so, really, they were Motown's most successful act uh, throughout the 60s. And Diana Ross was the front woman of of the thing, or sort of emerged as that. Originally, they were meant to be more... um, sharing the center stage uh but but she ultimately uh became the 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 front the front woman of it so much so that they eventually changed the name of it to diana ross and the supremes Mm. and uh so that went that went for a a while and you know it's a tale as old as time kyle uh eventually diana ross went solo uh in 1970 uh she had a string of hits in the 70s but uh I, i i think what we want to what we want to get to is uh i mean she she had she had a number of hits like she she was a big deal in the 70s also but r- really it was um the album was it called diana yeah diana in 1980 she had her most successful album diana and we'll talk a lot more about that album uh, uh coming up in a, in a later segment but uh, uh, yeah, so she was named in 1974 the female artist of the century, which there was a lot of century left. I think that's really yeah. interesting. <laughs> By whom? Uh, let's see. She was 
1976 by Billboard magazine named her the female mm. entertainer of the century. Mm. And uh, in, in October of 93, she was inducted in the Guinness Book of World Records as the most successful female music artist in history. And uh, she has had a total of 70 singles that charted. That's insane. She has, she's one of the few recording artists to have two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. One is a solo artist and one is a member of the Supremes. And yeah, she just, she's a fucking titan of, of, of the music industry. There were a couple of attempts to break into the film industry, uh, including, including the film adaptation of The Wiz, uh, which is the, um, you know, all, all black cast version of The Wizard of Oz. It's just so weird that all of them love piss play. Right. <laughs> it's true. It's the weirdest choice they made. <laughs> which is maybe why the movie didn't do so well. Yeah, follow the yellow brick road indeed. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll, 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 I'll Wait. shut up now. It's interesting that you called it attempts to break into the film industry when she is an Academy Award nominee. Like, I think she did it. I think she got there. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the thing, the thing is, uh, she, she was in the whiz, which didn't do so hot. And then she was also in a movie that had a lot of production issues and a bunch of people that quit. Uh, and, uh, it was that mahogany. She's, she's Academy Award nominee and golden globe winning actress. So, you know, yeah yeah but her but her bread and butter is music is is really is really the 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 point uh the whiz it's really interesting was at the time the most expensive film musical that was ever made and unfortunately lost movie at the lost money at the box office Mm. and yeah there's just there's just so much there's too much to do quickly but um (laughs) said the top at a group of bottoms um yeah do you want me to i'm gonna talk more about diana here in a little bit but yeah go for it okay i want to tell you about um why she is a gay icon okay why is she a gay icon why is she a gay icon i asked the internet and the internet answered with an article called ways she earned her gay icon status great i think it had her name in there because that would be a weird article title um it was published in 2017 on billboard by uh deshaun smith so um, here are the reasons we have, okay. we have this constant debate or discussion, not debate, um, of why are seemingly straight female pop singers, mm-hmm. um, or singers, uh, tend to be gay icons. Yeah. Um, and so this was very interesting to me on, on, you know, how do certain people earn this status within the gay community and in the gay community, like she is very much revered, you know, I can't like Barbara Streisand is like this level of like this top, top tier of, you know, female stars that we revere. Yeah. And she's like way up there, you yeah, know? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, a, a couple of, a couple of things. I mean, go ahead. You, it's your segment. No, I want your theories. Oh, uh, well, I, I mean, you... I think the, the Supremes, the Supremes were a really, really, really big deal. They were first, the first, um, they, they were the first like, girl group power girl group and like they were the spice girls before the spice girls were the spice <laughs> girls and but they had talent but yeah exactly exactly and 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 they were also they were also super glam like all of their mm. all of their gowns and their makeup and their hair it was all big over the top stuff so like you combine strong powerful female presence with just gaudy campy uh, uh, uh uh, appearance and that's that's a that's a gay wet dream yeah right like, <laughs> yeah and, and i it's so I'm, I'm guessing that it started there and then her solo career which was in disco which we'll, we'll talk more about that was 
disco is super duper gay yeah right and yeah. but um yeah that is, that's literally number one glitz and glamour is the number one thing um a a fellow supreme mary wilson said i think it is because we were so glamorous that it automatically was a great attraction to the gay community and yeah you're absolutely right it's yeah anytime you wear like a a something made out of like 110 percent glitter um uh, number two on the list is that uh she is rupaul's idol um he co-starred in a music video of her cover of gloria Gaynor's i will survive yeah rupaul constantly uh, talks about uh diana ross in uh drag race and is just one of any anytime you're a very important gay person's idol yeah that you know helps firm more even more firmly establish like it's not just like you dressed up in these things there's a gay person that is saying yes this is my idol yep you know absolutely have you have you seen that video no oh my god it starts out with rue talking to a herd like six ish diana ross impersonator drag queens <laughs> trying to teach them how to move like diana ross one two three uh no 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 girls girls You've got to give them feeling. You've got to give them something like like this. You've got to snap it, you know, and you pull it in from your diaphragm, okay? You've got to go, uh, like that. You've got to feel it. And then Diana Ross comes on on the frame and, like, is like, no, it's more like this. And, like, makes this, like, <laughs> motion with her hand to, like, teach these drag queens how to be her. Yeah. Hey, Rue. Hey. <laughs> Here's what you got to do. Everything looks really, really great, but you really got to give it a little bit more. More? Yeah, more like... This uh huh and some of that okay okay like like this like uh <laughs> no more like this oh it's yeah fucking fantastic and then the the actual video itself is like the gayest per- float the parade float that you've ever seen going <laughs> going down um like it's a parade pride parade but it's just one float <laughs> Diana Ross's float with filled with Diana Ross impersonator drag queens doing this song just. The, it's the gayest oh thing you've ever seen. Um, th- that ties very well into the next one is Diana Ross's view of gay marriage and you know LGBT people. Um, in 1999, to The Advocate, Diana Ross said, love is love and maybe you don't need it to be legal. It seems like girls, guys, whatever, should be able to live together without a legal contract. So for today's time, that's a little iffy. Yeah. But for 1999, that level of support, that that's the level of support that's you know what she's saying is very progressive and supportive of the lgbt uh community sure yeah absolutely and, and that that one particularly and you talking about like having ruan and, and dancing with drag queens for a video that's what i like to see when we revere these straight icons is like sometimes they give these kind of minimal like nods to lgbt people and they're like great i did it but to show an active interest or support of LGBT issues helps me feel a little bit better about the fact that mm-hmm. they're straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, films, the fact that she's a film star, I mentioned she's uh, Academy Award nominated for her role in Billie Holiday, oh, as yeah. Billie Holiday in 1972's Lady Sings the Blues. Yep. Um, and so I think, you know, we fucking love mega stars that are <laughs> singers and also um award show, <laughs> attend award shows yeah. <laughs> um so that's part of it uh number five she was the inspiration behind uh dina jones in the musical dream girls so you got your musical connection there which we all we all love yeah sure sure um, it's really interesting because dream girls is so 
iconic. And of course it's her. Yeah. Yeah. Who, that's who kind else, of like, the, who else could that story be about? Yeah. 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 Um, and it could also be about Beyonce. <laughs> the the dream girls foretold the coming of Beyonce. <laughs> um, and numbers the prophecy, the prophecy, the, the Beyonce prophecy. <laughs> um, and number six is the song "I'm Coming Out." Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about "I'm Coming Out"? Yeah. Okay, that fucking song, Kyle. <laughs> Sweet ass jesus i mean that's like a staple of pride parades um i'm coming out Ah! it's raining men like there are a few songs that are like we'll we'll show up in every pride parade from here until the end of history yes yes probably born this way i'm guessing like there's yeah absolutely and i i think what's interesting though a lot of songs that end up becoming gay anthems there's this sort of plausible deniability i think (laughs) of like well was it meant to be gay Mm -hmm. and this song has sort of a complicated history that way, but um, it's raining men is women singing about men. So like, is that necessarily gay? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but I want to talk to you about the timing of the whole thing. So I'm coming out Ah! was on spell coming. Exactly. I don't know what that would mean. Was, was on uh, Diana Ross's 10th album, Diana, which came out in 1980 and had a, a couple of hits on it, but it was it was mostly written by a team of Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards. And uh, you have to remember, it's a very specific point in time in history, right? That's pre-HIV/AIDS. At, at least you know it was getting started, but it wasn't it wasn't nearly the like catastrophic pandemic that would emerge. Mm-hmm. And it was at this tail end of disco. Disco was sort of dying or in decline or or pop culture had sort of moved on and so there's a significant risk being taken here her doing a disco song Hmm. and uh so i want to i have to remember that i think it's important yeah sorry it's it's history kyle no i just all right i'll try to make it through an episode remembering things yeah i want to talk to you about the night disco died uh are you familiar with this at all have you heard of this no, the first thing that comes to mind is the day the music died, which I think is different. It's very similar, yeah. Except no, no planes crashed. Um, in Phew. yeah. So, uh, also known as Disco Demolition Night, it was a major league baseball promotion at Comiskey Park in Chicago, Illinois, on Thursday, July the twelfth, nineteen seventy nine, and it ended in a riot. But basically, what happened is a local shock jock. Steve Dahl said, "Disco sucks." Mm-hmm. They had started this this nation nationwide um, uh, like bumper sticker campaign. Disco sucks. <laughs> that it's ruining rock and roll. It's ruining America. It's awful. Blah 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 blah. Anybody who brings a disco record and gives it to us will get into the game for ninety eight cents mm-hmm. because we're going to collect all of those records that people bring and we're going to put them in the middle of the baseball field and explode them. They were gathering disco records to fucking blow them up wow and uh they expected uh a so normally on a on a on a midweek game like that at comiskey park uh, they could expect fifteen thousand people they thought maybe this promotion would make twenty thousand people show up fifty thousand people showed up for this event and brought shitloads of records (laughs) 
And then uh, it was a doubleheader. And so then between games, they had Steve Dahl go out there and uh, uh, basically handle the blowing up of the of the uh, the the pile of records. He said, "Quote: This is." He told the crowd, "Quote: This is now officially the world's largest anti-disco rally." <laughs> now listen, we took all the disco records you brought tonight. We got them in a giant box, and we're gonna blow them up real good. Sure. And then uh, set off the explosives, which destroyed the records and left a giant hole in the grass in the outfield. Right before another game. <laughs> right before another game. Um, the security personnel had been called to the outside of the stadium to prevent more people from coming in because there was such a huge draw. But that meant that there was little security inside the stadium and five to 7,000 people rushed onto the field <sighs> in this like madcap freak out fuck disco it's dying it was like fucking uh lollapalooza 99 or whatever the fuck it was um was it lollapalooza no uh um uh, woodstock woodstock 99 when they burnt the place down it was just pandemonium on on the field basically uh the the, the white Sox had to forfeit the game <laughs> because the only reason um allowed was an act of god for just uh calling a game oh. uh, w- w- um without a without a forfeit but because it was their field and this event had rendered the field unusable for the <laughs> game they had to f- then then forfeit yeah the pa uh, over the pa and on the scoreboard they flashed please return to your seats they did not listen to that they tried playing take me out to the ball game hoping that that would like <laughs> calm them down <laughs> you hate disco so you probably love this shit yeah yeah so <laughs> But what's really interesting about this is, I think, so so two things. The first is that the anti-disco movement is considered by a lot of people who study pop culture to be ultimately about white supremacy and homophobia. That the, the disco, disco music was so heavily associated with gay people and people of color, and that's where the roots of that musical style came from. Mm-hmm that there was this growing resentment about disco that was just white nationalism and 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 homophobia yeah. that ended up in this like rather violent event that took place at this at this at this uh stadium and we talk about this for um uh, for other things you even mentioned it for the song i'm coming out <laughs> There's a plausible deniability if you don't, instead of saying, oh, I hate black people and their, and their success, if you say, oh, I just don't like this music, yeah. it helps give you some deniability of like, no, I just don't like that. That's a personal choice Yeah, yeah. without, and I'm not saying it's like, you have to like this music. I think a lot of people use those kinds of things as excuses for what they don't realize is their white supremacy and white nationalism. And Absolutely. Pull your pants up is something that my dead grandparents mm. used to say all the time when they would see people at at, at stores. It's not about pants. It's no. because that person is brown yeah. and that's how they wear their pants. It affects you zero. Yeah. You're choosing to be pissed about that because it is a proxy for feelings you're not ready to admit you're having. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so th- there was this growing fear that white neighborhoods were going to be taken over by blacks and homosexuals and that pop culture was shifting and this was a direct backlash to that. So uh, I'll, I, I, won't, I won't dwell on this too, too, much, too much longer. I, I, really, th- I really think that um, it's important to, to note that people of color and gays made disco famous. Then there were a bunch of white people 
who jumped on the bandwagon and got it into the mainstream of culture, like the Gibbs, like uh, uh, Barry Manilow. And then that shifted further into this like backlash. And th- this is the point in history at where like it, there was a huge push against it. Mm. Okay, so I'm coming out. <laughs> that song was written by this this team of Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards. And uh, Diana Ross had asked them to create material for a new album that would ultimately become Diana, which was released in 1980. And they, <laughs> first of all, had noted that the night that disco died, this big crazy-ass shit that happened in Chicago, they didn't see any people of color, <laughs> which baseball's pretty white anyway, but yeah. like the, the, the people that were there and were angry were all of these cis, white, ostensibly straight dudes. And... They, they they took that and then they went to this place called the Gilded Grape, which is a, it, it's problematic, but they 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 call it they called it a a transsexual bar or a transvestite bar, um, and but they were there and well I'll just I'll just read I'll just read the the, the story here quote so the way the song I'm coming out came to be was when we went to work for Diana Ross we wanted to write about things that were in her universe so we went to her apartment and interviewed her for a couple of days. One particular night, I went to a a club, The Gilded Grape, and I happened to notice that there were at least six or seven Diana Ross impersonators. Hmm. So I went outside to call Bernard and said, you know, Diana Ross is revered by the gay community. If we wrote a song called I'm Coming Out for Diana Ross, it would have the same power as James Brown's Say Out Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. And the next day we met in the studio, and then from that, we built the song. So at least from the perspective of the two people that wrote the song, it was a gay song. Yeah. It was, it was written about coming out yeah. and it was written. You can, maybe you can, I mean, from, from one perspective, it might be, it might be, um, gay baiting or, or, you know, opportunistic, but, but also like a thing that I like is they, they didn't randomly search a, a group of people. They like, let's look at Diana Ross's interests and in her fan base and started there. So it's, it feels a little bit more authentic when it's coming from a place of, Hey, there are a bunch of Diana Ross impersonators at this place. What are their interests and their connections? So I, I like that piece. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I agree. And it was written specifically about that kind of coming out. That's not how they sold it to Diana Ross. Mm. So they told her that this was her. She had just left Motown Records as a label, had moved over to RCA, and that this was it was sold to her as she's coming out from under Barry Gordy's thumb, who was the record executive at Motown Records that was was in charge of her Motown career. And uh, uh, they recorded it, and she loved the record until... Frankie Cocker, Frankie Crocker, uh, one of the people, uh, pointed out that I'm coming out (laughs) is what homosexual people use to announce their homosexuality. Quote, she ran back to the studio in tears and demanded to know why Rogers wanted to ruin her career. Um, and so I don't, I I don't know how much, I don't know how much grace to give her Mm. in all of that. Right. Like, um, cause she was, that doesn't mean she was homophobic, right? That's not that's not saying that she was she hated gay people. It was 1979, 1980, and that would be something that could ruin her career. And right? And it was also clear that they weren't upfront with her about 
what the song was about. So it was like they were trying to trick her. So I could see, I mean, it has to come from a little bit of your internal, not internalized for her, like her acceptance of homophobia is that like, oh, you, you tried to pass one over and do this thing that could, and understanding that homophobia or could directly ruin this. But yeah, I mean, given, given what I've seen elsewhere uh, about her support of LGBT people, I give her some, some pass on they lie it's could be more about they lied to her and also it's true that at that time in society that could have fucked things up yeah 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 i i, I agree i think i mostly forgive her for that reaction just because of context yeah you know? yeah yeah historical time yeah um so it was a it, fast forward it came out it was a giant hit mm-hmm. um it was at, at number five on the u.s billboard hot 100 chart for two weeks in november of 1980 and uh, it is like the first song that she does at all of her concerts uh, mm-hmm. since since then. Um, it is a massive, massive song amongst the gay community for super obvious reasons. And uh, it's also, let's see, I want to make sure that I don't overstate it. That's interesting that it was number five. Not, it never was a number one. Things that were like number one hits um, always are like very interesting to me. Yeah, there, well, there's like a the 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 charts are so ephemeral, right? It's right now, and but there could be a song that's like number ten for four years, and that has more like collective consciousness, yeah. staying power than whatever random ass thing was at number one for just a week or two, and then went away, and then a new thing popped up, and it yeah. went away, and a new thing popped up, and it went away. Yeah. I think this is this song just has such staying power, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the, the the song also it's uh, really interesting. Is uh is the only top forty song since the sixties to feature a trombone solo. <laughs> <laughs> they found a tromboner, which I just wanted to say tromboner. Okay. And uh, uh, blah, blah. Uh, there's yeah, there's a there's a a trombone solo in it, which is just unheard of in top forty. sex no and he'll he'll crush that record next yeah little not sex get a tromboner get a trombone <laughs> that's um, a weird that's weird sure but uh another song on that album upside down was a number one hit and uh i it was it was it was quite a, it was quite an album mm-hmm. and then i think um and then very shortly thereafter even though it seemed like gay people were sort of on the rise in this country um hiv aids really set back gay rights and and wiped out a whole generation of of gay people just right after that and i think the fact that this song survived that is kind of inspiring in a Hmm. way and i i hope it gave some kind of comfort or meaning to everybody throughout that i was too young to really remember it but the song is clearly important and uh, i just think it has a really interesting history and i was especially interested in the fact that like this anti-disco movement i never i was aware of but i'd never really associated it with being against people of color or against gay people queer people 
Um, but it all makes sense, yeah. right? It all makes sense that that's absolutely what it was. And, and, uh, for her to sort of swim upstream that way, I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, can I tell you about more of her songs? Yeah, let's do it. Can, can I, t- can I first take the whiz? Yeah. Okay. Yellow brick road. Ready? Yes. Okay. So next, what I did mm-hmm. is I, uh, searched Reddit. Oh, God. To see what Reddit people say about Diana Ross. Okay. So this is an Ask Reddit segment. Okay. Um, I just, it's very interesting from, in my mind to see, like, obviously she's so big, people will continue talking about her forever, but what kind of things do people talk about about her nowadays? Yeah. Um, one of the top things that I even saw, like, not at all researching this was this, uh, like, 15-second video of her performing with the Supremes and her earring falls out of her ear and it kind of, like, she just, like, grabs it, like, fall, fall, falls down her gown or something into her arms and she just, like, grabs it and you wouldn't even notice. Like, everyone's like, look at how slick she is as a performer. Like, you don't even, can't even tell that this happened. So, yeah. like, um, it, it made me also recently, I saw a video of, on Reddit of Beyonce's hair getting stuck in a fan yeah because you know beyonce is like literal fans all over the place yeah. and her hair during a concert got stuck in a fan yeah and so they're pulling her hair out of the fan and she's still singing yeah like yeah, yeah. that level of like incredible talent and also like just keep you got to keep the song going and keep performing no yep. matter what reminded me of that uh that's one thing i found uh, i found this joke what is diana ross's favorite pizza Taco Supreme? I, what? Oh, well, no, just Supreme. Oh, okay. <laughs> De- deservedly, that has one upvote posted by e- ND Irish Fan 1988. <laughs> no, no one else upvoted that. Sure. Um, I did not know that Tracy Ellis Ross was her daughter. I don't know who that is. So she's on uh, Blackish. She was on Girlfriends. Oh. She's uh, for Blackish. She was nominated for like five Emmys or like five times for an Emmy. Huh. I had no idea that. I don't know. I'll be goddamned. Yeah. Um, okay. So I mentioned more about some of her songs. Um, she had a new album, or she has a new album coming, coming out, out in November, September tenth. Yeah. They moved it. They back. moved it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Reddit doesn't know about that. Okay. Good. Or no, just the top <laughs> post I, I stumbled on. Um, she, but she has released uh, a couple singles from that, including "Thank You," thank you, thank you for and "If the World Just Danced." Yeah. Um, it is her first new solo album in fifteen years. Yeah. Um, have, did you listen to either of the songs? No, I haven't yet, but I, I definitely want to. Um, have you? Did you listen? I listened to them. If if the world just dance bugged me, not on a, anything about the music itself, but it's um, just like a lot of things that are happy and positive and uplifting bug me right now. Is mm-hmm. like if the world just dance, it will be alright if you just love. Like what if we all just danced? Yeah. <laughs> to be like that does that. That's not how it works, but I, you know, that that's a me thing, not a her thing. <laughs> um, the Kabul airport. What if they just danced? Yeah. Well, have you considered dancing? Your prince will come. Like, no, he won't. Like, I mean, he will, but not in me. Um, uh, and other things that I learned about uh, her music. It's raining men. Yeah. She. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Honolulu. Honolulu. <laughs> um, she passed on that song. Oh, wow. Okay. As did Donna Summer, Cher, 
and Barbara Streisand. They, okay. What? The Barbara fucking Streisand version of its rating men in some parallel universe is like the worst thing that's ever been made. <laughs> are you are you fucking kidding me? Um, Don't at me, but I hate her. Oh, okay. Wow. Good thing that wasn't on the option list to be. Um, uh, so it's very interesting. And then um, the that's I think why it's the Weather Girls who did not were not able to like replicate the success of that through any of their other albums. But it's interesting to me. I always forget who sings that, and that, I, mm-hmm. I think that's because so many of the big names passed on that. They they were all saying. I, it sounds like it's interesting. You talked about I'm coming out. <laughs> Like, should you take that risk or whatever? Everyone was like, I can't sing that song. <laughs> like, yeah. that's a ridiculous song. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. once hindsight, like, you kind of know that it was going to be. But, like, if someone came to you and said, like, sing about, like, men falling from the sky. It's like, that's a weird. This is a weird song that I don't. That is weird and risky. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the last thing I learned from Reddit is uh, there's an entire genre or, like, subgenre of music for which she is a major inspiration uh, called Vaporwave. Okay. And it is this subgenre of like, not just music, but music and art and everything that uh, takes these 90s um, or clearly, because Diana Ross is an inspiration, like earlier um, iconography or music and turns them into like, there's a a piece that has an art piece that has like the Windows logo sitting on top of this like, little sculpture statue and it's like painted pink in this weird pink desert. It's like taking um, popular media culture advertisement and like almost like making fun of it a little bit or subverting it a little bit or incorporating into shit. But there's this really famous like Andy Warhol. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Interesting. And it's called uh, the song. It's your move, Mm -hmm. which is a Diana Ross song. They took and slowed down a whole lot. And Mm -hmm. um, it was by Macintosh plus. So it is um, not the first. (laughs) There's also like, I think Lisa, Lisa Frank is like the name of one. There's like all these like, you know, nineties, like, like things that would bring you back to that time period. Um, But uh, that is not the first uh, song of that uh, of vaporwave but it is absolutely the most popular one and i think it's like literally just a, like i i only listened to the first like 30 seconds because it was like this is that song but slow <laughs> yeah yeah And people, I was, like, reading this discussion on Reddit about, like, what would she think if she knew that she was, like, there's an this entire <laughs> sub-sub-genre of, of stuff for which her music is a major influencer. And, like, would she care? Would she sue? Or would she, like, yeah. whatever? But that's just how big she is, is that she could have, all, like, just these little pockets of, like, groups that she probably doesn't even know exist that are, like, taking from her music and using them in their own weird ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So that's that's vaporwave, and that's everything I found on Reddit. That's insane. Yeah, I, we need to invent an art movement. I think mm-hmm. you know just to secure our legacy. Yeah. What What are we gonna call it? I don't know. I, I mean, vaporwave. That's just that's just 
two nouns stuck together. Like, yeah, I think, I think wave, I think something wave. It was like, this is an offshoot of punk wave, which came from the electro wave movement or something that was like, really? You're getting lazy now. Well, I don't know. We can just call it gay wave or something. Like, that could be a sub movement. Sure. Yeah. I have one more thing. Either you can say stuff or I can, or we can play a game. Uh, well, um, sure. I think I'm done. I, there, there's just one, there's just one there's just one little little thing about how like the Wiz the movie the Wiz mm. uh, they were having a really hard time getting it greenlit and uh, so they wanted originally for it to be the Broadway cast because it was on Broadway before coming to film um, and but they could never get the studio to agree so they recast Dorothy it got Diana Ross to sign on then the studio was okay said yes let's do it. And then they had to change the story to make Dorothy a teacher instead of a girl mm. because of just Diana Ross being a little girl it wasn't wasn't going <laughs> to sounds creepy gonna fly. But then uh, I just I don't know how it all connects. This is one of those like weird tenuous threads. But yeah. like like gay people, Wizard of Oz, friends of Dorothy, Diana Ross is so she's our friend. Mm. Like maybe that's why we're obsessed with her. Like, th- there's something there. There is. Yeah. But and there's there's a lot of those like that connection on its own would make it. But like I'm coming out and uh, the like crazy outfits and the connection to RuPaul, like all of these things that none is like, I am directly super queer. But like, I just like, yeah, knit her into the fabric. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And I I think I'm I'm getting more. I I feel like for a while there, like realizing how few actual queer icons we have that mm. we revere in the same level i was annoyed with in the past or frustrated with or something or or i would what i've come to realize though is like that was not an option to have someone as famous as diana ross and be queer like that wasn't a thing yeah. that, that was not available to anyone as an option yeah. so it makes sense that you find the people that when i talk about my love for britney there's there's a part of it that is authentically when i got to t- tell people i like britney spears or dance to britney spears mo- music that's huge for me as a gay person because that went against the the norms and and i could find it was part of admitting who i really was so people's affinity for these women it's not that they have anything they may not have nothing to do with the queer culture but because people were able to like RuPaul, like connect them to their queer experience, kind of brings them in. So I think I'm, I'm getting mm-hmm. better at accepting that part of it. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're onto something. Thanks. Uh-huh. And now I think we are we are right to demand and and have higher expectations for prides and elevating the, the queer people because we have so many queer people that that deserve to be at that level. Like you know, it's this goes back to what's his fuck that uh, Jonas. Uh, that like okay, do we need a Nick Jonas now, or do we have enough high? I need him. Get- okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's play a game. Okay, let's play a game. I'm gonna ask you. Oh God, am I gonna be accidentally racist? Mm, that would be very difficult. So that okay. would be all you're doing if okay, you good. are. <laughs> good. Is this a Diana Ross song? Okay. Or the Screams? Or an episode title of Archer? Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, Kyle. So I have a list of either songs by Diana Ross with the Supremes or titles of Archer episodes. Okay, sure. Are any of them both? No. Okay. Nope. Great. Number one. Oh, no, Kyle. A Kiss While Dying. Archer. Yes. Yeah. 
Lara, <laughs> Lana. I mean, oh, shit. <laughs> um, oh God. Uh, Endless love. That's Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. She's saying that as a duet with uh, Lionel Richie. Yep. Smokey Robinson. Lionel yep, Richie. Lion- Lionel Richie. Okay. Yep. Yep. Love hangover. Archer. Nope. Oh. I've got the sweetest hangover. I, I, I searched like top Diana Ross songs and given I don't know her that well, I know a few that are popular. I don't know if any of these are popular, if you should be expected to know them. Uh, Smuggler's Blues. Archer. Yep. Yeah. Great. I'm so good at this. You're doing great. Uh, you're three for four. <laughs> uh, the Wind Cries Mary. Well, that's a song. I don't know it, but it was um, it was fucking um, the guitar player that's from here, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, but uh, I, I Archer. Yep. Wow, I didn't know that was a song. I just like each one did a search to make sure it wasn't also <laughs> Diana Ross. So I didn't know I was being smart there. Uh, no one gets the prize. Oh, when I I have no idea. Archer. No, that's oh. Diana Ross right. from nineteen seventy nine. Oh, so it's from before Diana, but after the Supremes when I, I don't know. Sure. Great. Motherless child. Oh. I know Love Child is a Diana Ross song, their Supremes song. Uh, I'm going to go with Archer. Archer. The next one. Love child. <laughs> love child. Um da, 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 da. Uh, love what's child. Your... Yeah. I'd like that. That's one that I like has appeared in a TV commercial or a <laughs> or a TV show or something and I don't know which one and it I like just heard cuz I only know that part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like bugging me of why I know that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. um, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. You have, you are six for eight. Great. Okay. Last one. Some remarks on cannibalism. Archer. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you think she got a little bit crazy? You never know. You, you well, yeah. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a pulse wave or whatever the fuck that, that, that the, the, the art movement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Vape wave. Vapor wave. Vapor wave. wave yeah. <laughs> They're super into cannibalism. Okay. One other thing that I wanted to mention while I was looking, just looking at, you know, Diana Ross songs and top songs there on Google. There was this, you know, they have like those little sections of other similar questions that people may ask. And the first, very first question near the very top of the page was, what is the epic Diana Ross song about? What is the epic Diana Ross song about induced nuclear fission? Induced nuclear fission. And so you expand it to look at the answer and it says, it's your move, which that's how I got into like, and then vaporwave. I don't know. I don't get it. Okay, great. I don't. I don't know what that means. That's such a weird specific. I thought maybe like, it should the answer have been chain reaction? That's a song of hers. Yeah. That was like that is is that the joke there, or is there something? There's something there that I don't understand. But it's the top question at the top of the results, and so like email us a gayish podcast at gmail.com to explain I, this shit to us there's there, there yeah there's something about the internet and that's where i thought maybe vaporwave would answer maybe some weird internet movement would explain it but i don't think it does but yes let us know there's something there okay 
Um, did we do it? Yeah. We talked about Diana Ross a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even and talk about Ross from Friends even once, <laughs> except now. <laughs> it's because we were on a break. <laughs> or Ross the intern, who's hilarious. Okay, I'll tell you over the break. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So, uh, so are we back? We're back. We're back. Uh, we're going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest, but first, our website is gayishpodcast.com. Our social... Nope, I was singing. I didn't forget. In honor of Diana Ross. Um, is at gayishpodcast. We are on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and um, scriptures, the new, the newest social media for Christians. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we're not going to be on OnlyFans after all. Uh, our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails. It's 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is Post Office Box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. And thank you to Joe and Dallas for the, the Britney Spears thing that opened on video on Patreon video. Yep, the Britney Spears Funko Pop. It's, um, she's adorable. Um, also on uh, this for this episode, uh, you and I didn't do enough uh, wandering in our discussion of Diana Ross, so Dan did it all for us in yeah. his Patreon segment, which you can check out if you join Patreon. Talk about Diana Ross. <laughs> talked about, about getting naked on stage. Full frontal nudity performance. Talked like, about furries. Yeah, it was great. Some Swedish lady. Uh, a couple of programming notes. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Again, please double, triple check your podcast awards voting email. That if you signed up as somebody who is a potential voter, make sure that you actually got your ballot. It went to my spam folder. It may have gone to your spam folder, but votes need to be in soon. And uh, so, just just please check and please vote for us. If you're not going to vote for us, then don't check. I hope it went to spam and you don't hear this. <laughs> Um, also, we are trying to go from a w- award nominated show to an award winning show. That's right, and we need your help to do that. And the best way for us to do that is to take a week off. We are going to take a week <laughs> off. There's not going to be an episode next week. Uh, I believe Dan can fact check me. I it has been years since we've skipped a week. Hmm. Um, yeah. and and we, so we we deserve it. Yeah, and don't bitch. <laughs> Or do I don't care? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, we're gonna take a week off. So there's no show next week, and that's not because uh, there's been a disaster. It's it was it was intentional and planned, and we will be back the week after that for some ama- uh, amazing magic. Yep. Um, okay, you want to do our gayest and straightest? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, so the straightest thing about me this week, I've been playing this game called Seventh Continent with some friends, and uh, uh, it's like a action adventure game. It's like a choose your own adventure story, and you're on an island and you're trying to escape blah 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 anyway the strangest thing about me this week was there's there was this point where we had to decide what to do about food and we decided to hunt and kill a bear and eat it Mm -hmm. and it was just it was so great Mm -hmm. like talking about how we're going to kill this bear and yeah let's fucking eat it and it was it was really it was very straight dude i loved it and then did you high five and then we high-fived. Yeah, Great. we absolutely did. Good, good. Uh, the gayest thing about me this week was the night that they were coming over to play Seventh Continent. I, um, I, I jerked off and then fell asleep and took a nap. And so got woken up by the phone ringing that they were here and I needed to buzz them in. And so then the whole time we're playing this game, I'm like, oh my God, do I smell like cum? Do I, do, do I, like, do I stink? The gayest I, thing about them is they were, they loved it. Right. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe, maybe so. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's me. Uh, uh, the strangest thing about me is last night, 
um, actually, uh, you and I played Diablo in spite oh. of the discussion <laughs> with Donna Summers herself <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. that uh, that I don't like video games. You and I, uh, Diablo is one that I like because I know what all the buttons do and I get to control them um, yeah. instead of Mortal Kombat where I just like just push them a, a bunch. But um, yeah, so we played Diablo. Yeah, it's you. A lot of fun. I mean, you don't hate video games, but there's just there's a bunch of categories of them that you hate yeah. and yeah. like you don't like to craft stuff. God, no, those are so stupid. You don't like to gather materials. No, like, I don't like, wait, like, why would you, like, oh, I'm going to play a game where I, like, hit a tree with a sword for, yeah. for like, an hour? Yeah. Like, that's, it's... Not much for RPGs, but you you like Diablo just because there's lots of, like, you just kill shit. Yeah. 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 Um, so we did that. That was fun. Um, my gayest is um, I, uh, a few nights ago, was yelled at and called a faggot by someone <gasps> on the street outside my place. Did part of you think that was an accomplishment? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no, it's it's a it is a reminder. I went for a run for the first time in forever. I was walking home and yeah, so it's just a reminder to me that exercise is horrible and you should never do it. It really is. Only bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Um <laughs> uh do you have a listener's gaze and straightness? Uh listener's gaze and straightness this week comes to us from Discord. I'm checking to see if they got back to me to say that I could use it or not. No, I liked your slowing down of the talking to see if Discord would load while you did it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking of loads. Uh, straightest, starting up the compressor at home and putting air in my car tires. Also <laughs> refilling the windshield washer fluid. Oh. Car maintenance has got to be like top three yeah. categories of straight straight dude stuff. God, I remember when I was a kid, my dad was like, you should know how to do this. And I just, I was such a like little dick to him. I was just like annoyed the whole time we got in fights. <laughs> and now I don't own a car, so I win, dad. Yep. Yep. You showed him. Uh, <laughs> gayest, stressing out because my stylist is moving to another state and now I have to find oh. a new place to get my hair cut. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. 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 Just don't get a cut. Have that be your straightest for the oh year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that is it. Thank you, thank you to Diana Ross. Yeah. Thank you to Michael Jackson's friend Diana Ross. <laughs> uh, thank you to the Supremes. Yes, especially the one that disappeared. <laughs> we don't know what happened to her. Where did that Supreme go? Right. Thank you to the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Archer. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening, supporting us, being awesome, yeah. being cool with about me and being supportive of me. I appreciate you all. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. Oh, thanks. I feel okay about it. Um, thank you to our super gap bridgers. Uh, they are Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, Anonymous, Explosive Lasagna, Christopher Farrell, Jamie Pugh, Kevin Henderson, Ch- Tipsy McStumbles, Thomas B, Dusty Sands, Chris Catchatorians, Jerome York, and Cian and Javi. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, thanks for your money. Yeah. Um, that is it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Catchatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next next week be butch be fabulous be you see you next next week go 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 right now oh oh geez i'm not into that you haven't seen me do (laughs) (laughs) what is that recorded? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's on the hand recorder. That can be the end of the show.